I never thought I would see the day when Barack Obama seemed moderate, but Barack Obama has uh, come out and said to the Democrats, you got to slow down. Uh, Not everybody is into this revolution thing. Uh, And that's what the Democrats have been talking about. And we'll talk about that, plus what they're doing with impeachment and some possible solutions, possible solutions that we really need to focus on here in the next few weeks. We begin there in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I am sitting in a very historic home. I am sitting in uh, the Leyden home in um, Plymouth, Massachusetts. And Plymouth is this amazing town that I've never been to. Um, and I came here Saturday. And it was, uh, it was, a, it was a long trip this weekend uh, because I stopped somewhere else that we'll talk about later. But I... Um, I got here Saturday, and it's such a strange place because everywhere you look, everywhere you look, something really important happened. Um, in this home that I'm, I'm sitting in, uh, this is where the first peace treaty happened, uh, the first peace treaty with the uh, Native Americans. The first election in America happened in this room. Um, this is the this is called plot number one, and it's the first street in America and the first home in America. Right out uh, across the street, looking out the windows, I can see Plymouth Rock from here. It's literally a stone throws away from Plymouth Rock. It is right on the water, and the front yard is where they think the first Thanksgiving actually happened. Kind of a historic place. Next hour, I want to talk to you about the pilgrims and what isn't being taught anymore. This is this town is I think like the rest of America, except on steroids, because the people who are here who know the truth about the pilgrims are on fire. It is this group of people up here that are holding down the fort for the pilgrims are truly remarkable people. I, I haven't been around people like this in a very long time that really, really know history, know what they've been called to do, have a plan, and are doing it, and are so filled with love for other people, and it's working. There's the other side of town that either just doesn't care, maybe you've lived here for a long time, and, you know, I've seen it all, and whatever, yada, 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 pilgrims. Um or they are really standing in the way of telling the truth about the pilgrims. Uh, one of the guys who I was with, who we'll talk about a little later, was, uh, was actually in Holland. He came here from Holland because he was doing some research on the pilgrims and trying to get a reason from the, the Pilgrim Museum, which I think is like a phone booth. Uh, 
you know, f- from where they launched. And uh, and there's one guy who, you know, is like, oh, my gosh, somebody just ring the bell. They came in. They want to hear about the pilgrims. And so he he went over there and he was asking their experts, why did the pilgrims come here? And the answers are crazy, truly, truly crazy. Well, because there was an economic recession coming over. Oh, oh, so as to escape an economic recession, they decided to go to a place to where they thought they could be scalped and eaten. Oh, okay, that makes sense. I know that's that's the first thing I do. Hey, there might be a recession. Let's get onto a rickety leaking boat and cross the ocean. Uh, you know where half of us are probably going to die because that's the way it is. It's not exactly you know a, a nice tour ship that you're going on, and then we're going to go to a place where there's Native Americans, and uh, they usually kill all of the people that are on the ship. But at least we won't experience that recession. Why did they come here? And what has been lost? And why is Thanksgiving so important? And what are the people here doing? They are holding the fort and they're actually making progress here. So we'll get into that here in a in a little while and tell you uh something that i have felt for a while now i have um was supposed to do and uh so we are going to be uh doing that and it involves next summer uh but it's really a year long uh event and we'll talk about that coming up in in just a little while pat gray is uh, joining us uh, because Stu is faking an illness i think uh he works uh he works less than johnny carson used to work when he was mm. doing the show mm-hmm. uh and so pat welcome to the program how are thank you thank you good i'm gonna start calling i'm gonna start saying that uh Stu is filling in for pat <laughs> uh, uh shortly um a couple of things pat first mm-hmm. of all uh nancy pelosi i think has i think they i think all of the republicans on this impeachment hearing have really lost it I don't think they even know what reality is anymore. Um, Nancy Pelosi um, is now saying that Trump withheld the money from Ukraine for Putin. Could we play this audio, please? Listen to this. So uh, for a long time, just until the 24th of September, it was when I called for a, a fuller expansion. The inquiry was going on, but to proceed with the inquiry, and that kind of changed our communication until that day in the room when I said, all roads, Mr. President, with you lead to Putin, whether it's giving them a stronger mm. foothold in the Middle East by what you did with Turkey and Syria, or what you did by withholding a grant uh, with holding aid to military assistance voted by Congress to Ukraine to the benefit of Putin. 11,000, more like 13,000 by now, Ukrainians have died at the hands of the Russians. They needed that military aid. And with his disparaging remarks about NATO and questioning our commitment to NATO, that's to Putin's advantage. So uh, we do have, a, shall we say, a candid relationship. Wow. I don't think I've ever heard anything so dishonest. Um, wow. First of all, Nancy, um, 
the aid was given. In fact, mm -hmm. he sold what they were asking for. They were asking for more of because the president had already sold them those weapons and those weapon systems they had been begging for. But it was the Democrats under Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, and yes, you, Nancy Pelosi, that refused to sell them any of those weapons. So for her to say that, you know, look, he's just trying to help the Russians, he hurt the Russians here. His policies towards Russia, not his language, his policies towards Russia are much more fierce than anything that the Reset team was trying to do with Vladimir Putin. And when it comes to Ukraine, mm. he actually has armed them against Russia, and the Democrats did not. That's all part of trying to make Trump seem like a Russian agent. They're still trying to do that. They're still trying to make it, it a look. They're trying to make the American people believe that Donald Trump is a Russian asset. It's so dishonest. It is, it's so almost treasonish. It's, it's, it's almost treason. Uh, so uh, Giancarlo Sopo, he wrote for The Blaze this weekend, leak focus groups. Results, uh, the, uh, they reveal the Democrats impeaching messaging plans, uh, weak legal case. Have you, did you read this article, No. Pat? So he says, um, what happened to quid pro quo? As political observers noticed this week, the Democrats have a new messaging strategy in their impeachment inquiry of President Trump. Accuse him of bribery. The shift came... Mm. After a focus group in, in battleground states by the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee showed that voters were less receptive to the Latin legal term quid pro quo. <laughs> uh, they preferred the charge of bribery over quid pro quo. The latter, according to the uh, sources familiar with the focus group, likely to persuade swing voters. So they changed it from quid pro quo just based on a focus group, what can we what can we use to get this guy? Um, as the Washington Post points out, points out, the House Intelligence Committee member Jim Hines, Democrat from Con uh, uh, Connecticut, was the first to announce the Democrats' uh, intentions to retire quid pro quo during an appearance on Meet the Press. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi began accusing Trump of bribery during the press conference on Thursday. Talking Latin around here, e pluris unum, for many, one, quid pro quo, bribery, and all that, is in the Constitution and attached to the impeachment hearing, she said. She noted a likely reason why Democrats had replaced quid pro quo with bribery is that the latter is one of the two crimes cited in the Constitution. Again, not true. The reason why they decided to change that is because people understood that and thought it was worse than quid pro quo. Post also noticed that even Hines recognizes that while bribery may be a political useful term for the Democrats, it's also imprecise to describe the allegations. Abuse of power is not necessarily a concept that most Americans run around thinking about. In this case, the abuse of power was the same combination of bribery and extortion. It's also unclear what Democrats argue is the alleged bribe in question, since Democrats don't have any witnesses with direct <laughs> knowledge of Trump's state of mind during his dealings with Ukraine. Republicans were quick to point out the change in messaging underscores that Democrats don't have a compelling legal case against the president. 
They're just trying different narratives to see what would work. And that brings me back to what Nancy Pelosi just said and what Pat said. They're just doing everything they can. They're throwing spaghetti up into the wall to see what Mm -hmm. sticks. Mm -hmm. They don't have anything. They have quid pro quo doesn't work. Bribery doesn't work. He's a Russian agent doesn't work. When is America going to wake up to this? Well, if you if you look at the what's the definition of bribery? Persuade someone to act in one's favor, typically illegally or dishonestly, by a gift of money or other inducement. Well, so you have to get something for it. What did we get for the money we gave them? Nothing. They never did the investigation. Even the guy who was supposedly bribed has said over and over again, we received nothing for the investigation. By the way, we didn't we didn't do an investigation. Uh, so the line that kept sticking out to me this weekend was uh, the Democrats saying that sometimes hearsay is better than direct yeah, evidence. Yeah, that's amazing. Wow. Since when has hearsay been better than direct <laughs> evidence? The, the hoops that you intellectually have to jump through to be a part of this crazy train is is truly remarkable. Welcome to the uh, program. I'm, I'm glad you're listening. So there's uh, a couple of things. Um, just, I'm going to get politics out of the way today. You see the uh, Buddha judge uh, polls in uh, Iowa, Pat? Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. What is your, what is your take on this? Uh, I, I think my take is that they, they just don't know who they like because they don't like any of them that much. And, right. and I think anybody who looks fresh and new is going to do well for a while. And I think maybe Buddha judge is the shiny new object right, right now in Iowa. For him to shoot up nine points like this and be nine points ahead is amazing because there's I mean, I, I don't know what new policy he's proposed that has, that has sparked this, but I just think it's because they're tired of Biden. They don't necessarily like Warren and Sanders. And so they're like, well, what about this guy? Let me explain, let me explain my uh, theory on this um, to anybody who has ever gone shoe shopping with a woman. If you've gone shoe shopping with a woman and, and, it's for a specific outfit. They either go into the shoe store and they know exactly what they're looking for. They see it and they're like, I know what it is. I want that shoe. They try it on. They walk around. They walk out the store with that shoe in the box. And then the rest of your life is, is spent listening to them bitch about how uncomfortable that shoe is. Oh, I can't wait <laughs> to get home to take these shoes off. Honey, we just got into the car to go to the event, okay? That's the Democrats, okay? Sometimes they find mm-hmm. the shoe, they know exactly what they're looking for, and then as soon as it's on, everybody is saying, I can't wait to take these shoes off. Here's what's happening this time. If you've ever gone to shoe shopping, uh, gone shoe shopping with a woman and she doesn't know what shoe she's looking for, she will try on shoes, and you'll, she'll come out, and she'll say, what about these? And you'll say, uh, they look great. They're great. They're beautiful. They're wonderful. And she'll say, I don't know. And she'll walk around in them for a while. I think I really like these. But, you know, I saw another shoe over there I want to try. Okay. So she goes, and she tries on that shoe. And she walks around, and she says, what do you think about these? Oh, I think They're these great. are 
These are great. These are wonderful shoes. I think these are wonderful. And she walks around. I like these. I think I like these. Well, I don't know. Are they going to? And then she gets a third pair of shoes and a fourth pair of shoes. And then you end up walking out of the shoe store without a single shoe. And you're like, what? What was wrong with any of those shoes? They're all uncomfortable, honey. They were all black. They all were heels. What exactly are you looking for? I don't know. I'll know it when I see it. Right now, Buddha Judge is just a pair of pumps mm -hmm. that is uncomfortable and that they're trying on at the store. And all of us are like, it's exactly like the other shoe. I mean, I don't know what you're looking for. I don't see the difference between the last one you were trying on and this one. And they're both going to be really uncomfortable. But they're walking around right now in the shoe store going, I don't know these Buddha judges. I, I think I really like these. I'm not really. And as soon as they see something else, they'll try that one on. Because none of them mm -hmm. are what they're really looking for. Mm -hmm. And Michael Bloomberg might be that other one that they try on for a little while when he jumps into the race. And then they're going to realize, no, there was, I knew there was a reason I didn't like this guy. Right. <laughs> right. That's going to happen to him, too. They're, and you know what? They're going to go back and try other shoes on. Yeah, absolutely. Gonna, and what did they start with? If this is right, if this is really a tight analogy, what did they start with? Because when they have to make a decision, they usually go back to the first one they tried on, which was, uh, what's his name? Joe Biden. Yes. And they'll be like, you know, I think I'll just go with these. They're not happy about it, but they'll just go back to those. And you're like, we could have left the store two hours ago. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Welcome to the program. I'm uh, I'm so glad uh, that you're um, you're with us. Uh, Pat is in for Stu today. I'm in uh, Plymouth, Massachusetts, and beginning to uh, lay this out for you on why I'm here and where I'm at, and and uh, and I want to also uh, promote this parade that they have uh, on Thanksgiving. They started this parade about 20 years ago, and it was just a group of people. Um, in a church that started this and you can't even imagine what it's like to get permits in new england and they got a permit to do a uh a, a, a pilgrim parade and really kind of tell the truth about the pilgrims and they really went all out i mean this is not like a you know back of the pickup truck local parade this is they've they've made these beautiful unbelievable floats they don't have any sponsors it's all done with their own money and this just small little group and uh they've done it now for 20 years this year they're expecting about a quarter of a million people on the streets of plymouth mass to see this parade and it is the most wholesome uh it's 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 almost becoming the anti-macy's you know, it's not about sales and gifts and Broadway shows and, you know, anything. It's about the pilgrims and what they did. And if you're anywhere in the area, please uh, come up to this parade. You will not be disappointed. I, I went into the float barns uh, yesterday, and it's it's incredible what they're doing up here. It really is. And all just people who are driven to do it. They don't get anything out of it. 
Nobody's making any money. It's just, it's, it's, you want to talk about one person deciding to do something and can make a difference. That's what's happening in Plymouth, Maine. Um, or Plymouth, Massachusetts. Um, did you see Ford versus Ferrari this weekend? Yeah, I did. You did, Pat? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did too. What'd you think? Uh, I liked it a lot. I thought it was really good. And it's a story I don't think a lot of Americans are familiar with necessarily. How much did you know? Uh, well, I knew the outcome and I knew, uh, I, I knew the general story, but I didn't know the specifics of their relationship and all that. Uh, so if you don't know the Shelby Cobra, uh, is, or the Ford Shelby is the greatest race car, um, built. I mean, they're just, they're amazing, amazing cars. And the Shelby Cobra now an original Shelby Cobra is, is what? Three to five, seven million dollars, something like that. The Ford Shelby's, the real ones, are you know ten million dollars, and um, built by a guy mm. who's a Texan who is just this, you know, why can't we do it kind of guy, and uh, the the Ford versus Ferrari movie is the relationship between the driver and Shelby, the designer, and also the Ford Motor Company and the Shelby Motor Company. And Ford does not come out looking good. No, they I, really don't. No, I mean, they don't. Lee Iacocca looks great in it, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he does. Um, but it shows, it shows how Ford tried to buy Ferrari in a really intense scene. Makes Ferrari look pretty weaselly, too. Well, it makes Enzo Ferrari look terrible. Horrible. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> really like, really like a... Well, I think I think one of the lines was when uh, Lee Iacocca came up. You know, he said, "No, you don't understand. This is we're going to meet the mob," uh, <laughs> and it really was kind of mob-like. Um, but uh, it is a. I think personally, it is a perfect father and son movie. Every father mm-hmm. and son should go see this. Absolutely, yeah, and it it shows you the rivalry between them because. Um... Ford was, was, like you said, going to buy Ferrari, and Ferrari was just using Ford to up the price of... With Fiat. With Fiat, another Italian company, and that's, what the, that's who they wanted to go with all along. And so uh, Henry Ford II didn't take very kindly to that, so he wants to beat him on the racetrack. And he says, I don't care what it costs. And, the, and the, uh, the, in, in two years, they developed uh, the... Um, the Ford Shelby race car, two years. And uh, that, that should have taken a decade to do. And mm-hmm. it wins at Le Mans in 66, 67, 68, and 69. And then Ford decides they're not going to race anymore. Uh, and it's, it, it, it's an incredible scene. It reminded me of the old, I think, Steve McQueen and Paul Newman movies, right? Didn't, mm-hmm. didn't Yes. When I was a kid in the 60s, I barely remember them, but I remember my folks going to and my dad taking to me, you know, taking me to race car movies uh, with I think it was Paul Newman and, and Steve McQueen was in some of those as well. And it really felt like that. It was funny. It was really, really good. Yeah, really good. it really was. Have yeah. you seen Midway yet? No, and I'm not going to. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Um, have you seen it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What'd you think? Uh, I, I liked the movie until it came to the very end. 
That's why I'm not going. Uh, very end uh, might shock you a little bit because explain. He's not giving anything away. Yeah, at the at the end of the movie, they dedicate it to all of the soldiers in the American Army who fought in World War II and the Japanese soldiers who fought in World War II. Now that wait, what? You're also dedicating this to the enemy that sneak attacked us at Pearl Harbor, and two days before v- Veterans Day. That's what you're going to. And it's not only that; it's the Chinese. Uh, the Japanese were horrible. horrible. They, they killed two hundred and fifty thousand Chinese civilians. Yeah, they, they were tortured m- our American troops. Yeah. They were much, much worse than the Germans were yes. with their experimentations and and everything else. We we forget that. No, I was actually. Um, more concerned about the plot line. Didn't you notice that the plot line took a a significant turn to China when it didn't need to? It's like, oh, yeah, what, yeah. Is, yeah, it was what very does China funny. have to do with, <laughs> with Midway? All of a sudden, they're talking about China. You're like, wait, what? What just happened? <laughs> yes. And that's because there's Chinese money in the movie. So this is Amazing. another thing like the, wow. NF, uh, the NBA where they've just sold out for the Chinese money. And so they, they had to make Midway... <sighs> some way or another to make china look good and so they added all that extra plot line that is unbelievable yeah. i mean i that, is that going to win them fans uh, loyal no we're number two goers? now we're That's... not the number one market now for movies we're you're gonna see wow. all kinds of stuff starting to change for instance did you see terminator no now I don't know what they turned it to. This is this is coming from a friend of mine. But Skynet, it's either Skynet or Cyberdyne, but I think it's Skynet. Skynet is no longer the name of the the evil system. Okay. Okay. Now, why would you change some Skynet? Everybody knows what Skynet is. Right. Why would you change that? I was told that it is because, again, that has Chinese money in it, and they're doing... Now, I know the United States has a Skynet thing that we use against terrorists, but apparently Skynet uh, in in China is something, uh, you know, that has to do with their monitoring system of the average person or their <laughs> really? internet or something like that. And so they didn't want to be known as Skynet, you know, the ones that have the Terminator. So because of the Chinese money uh, funding the movie, they, they rewrote the part of they rewrote. They cha- yeah, who they the changed bad the guy name. was. That's amazing. Isn't that crazy? Jeez, yes. I mean, <laughs> wow. And and like you said, if if they're going to continue to accept the money from China, it, that's going to change a lot of movies and a lot of plot lines and a lot of dialogue. How how often is this going to happen in American movies? You're going to have a massive Chinese influence now. Especially as the United States becomes more and more unpopular, we're not standing up for what we are st- supposed to stand up for. How long before the American stories are completely Jeez. lost? I mean, as I was walking around here in Plymouth this weekend, I thought, honestly, when was the last time... You heard anything really about the pilgrims, really anything other than just a passing, you know, float or a, or a poster in a store or something like that. When's it any time you've ever heard anything really real about the pilgrims? Anything substantial? Not no. even at not even at Thanksgiving. Do you, do you no. get that anymore? 
No, Mm-mm. nothing. And so here we are, we're sitting here, and we're erasing this history. Mm-hmm. Do you know, who, you know who broke the treaty with the Indians? Um, Woodrow Wilson? No, no, no. <laughs> it lasted 54 years. <laughs> it was the longest-running treaty with Native Americans in the history of America. Um, so who broke it? Uh, it had to be the British. No, it was the Indians. Oh, they did? Yeah, the Native Americans. The Native American mm-hmm. chief changed it because um, a lot of the Native American tribes around here were starting to find the Christian God, the white man's God. And there was one thing that was really changing their culture, and that was they um, they believed in not just killing your enemy, they believed in torturing your enemy uh, while you were killing them. So they would eviscerate you, and then you would hold your own guts uh, while you were dying. And oh. so they made all death really, really cruel. And so many of the Native Americans, were <laughs> the Christian ones, were like, hey, I think we're kind of cool on everything, but that one kind of seems like we shouldn't do that anymore. <laughs> you know, I just think that might be a little cruel. And uh, and so the the Indian chief basically said, "You're destroying our culture. This Christianity thing is destroying our culture. We can't torture our enemies anymore." <laughs> and they got into a they got wow. into a war. He broke the treaty and wanted all of the white men killed. And it actually ended because other Native American tribes came to their defense to the to the white man's defense because they had seen this is craziness what are we we're, we're fighting to torture people this is not right where's that story i've never heard it quite yeah. honestly i've never heard it <laughs> it next hour mm. i have a guy uh, up here who has studied the pilgrims his whole life um and he can tell you the true story of thanksgiving and it's important that you hear this. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna bring him downstairs. He's he's upstairs now. Um, we're in the plot number one, the first house in America, the uh, the the room where that Native American peace treaty was signed, where the first election happened in America. Somewhere around the front lawn of this house is where the actual Thanksgiving, the first Thanksgiving, happened, and. Um, there's a reason why we need to know about the pilgrims, a very important reason. And uh, it's a reason that we found out from Abraham Lincoln as well. And it changed the course of the Civil War. And we'll talk about that coming up in just a second. I'll finish this for Welcome to the program. So glad that you're here. Um, There's a couple things that are going on around the world. Um, It's not unique on what's happening here. And it's it's really honestly by design. Uh, If you have not seen my special that we did uh, last week, the Democratic Hydra, make sure you either are a subscriber to the blaze or go to my YouTube page and uh, and see this. It is, um, you know, Six weeks ago, we did the first thing on the impeachment on Ukraine, and it was the most watched thing the Blaze has uh, has ever produced. This one is is dwarfing that. 
it is well laid out, and it will tell you what's really going on. Uh, it's not a coincidence that all of these things are happening around the world. Let me just give you this. No room for compromise with the Hong Kong protesters, according to the China People's Daily. They are, they're going to end up killing these people. And have you noticed that while things are getting stronger and stronger there, the press is almost non-existent on this. How about this one? Iran's top leader warns thugs as protests now run in Iran 100 cities. Yeah. Are you hearing anything about that? Very little. Very little. Venezuelan march, the biggest anti-Maduro uh, manure, Maduro, uh, protest. It actually works. About the same thing, yeah. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, biggest, the biggest protest this weekend in months. Again, have you heard mm. about these things? Why is the media not covering the protests against hellish countries? They're on fire. And we should be standing up for those countries where they're actually fighting for freedom, the freedom of thought, the freedom of speech, the freedom uh, of economics, which brings us back here to Plymouth, Massachusetts. And we're going to go there, tell you about the pilgrims and Thanksgiving next.